Welcome, you miserable ingrates. Welcome to the You Deserve Better podcast, a show by estranged kids for estranged kids. I am your host, the other son, he, him. We are here to share stories about healing from childhood trauma, often undiscovered until later in life. When I had my own awakening experience just a few years ago and discovered others going through what I'd been through, it was the first time I felt less alone, the first time I really felt understood, the first time to have that empowering validation that we're not the crazy ones. Today, to share their story with us, we are joined by Kim. Kim, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Kim, let's begin with your pronouns, please, and where you grew up. Uh, well, she, her, um, and I grew up in California. Are you still in California? Yes, I am. Okay. This is my home. I, I like California. I've been in the state a few times, and... If I could afford to live out there, maybe someday. Maybe I can stay on your couch, perhaps, just for a few months till I find a place. <laughs> well, you know what? If you're a Californian, you would know the difference as far as cost of living. We're used to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so let's get into the drama. Let's start with the trauma. When did you realize about your, your childhood was traumatic? Um, you know, I think for me, it was more of like, as I got older, um, and I started thinking about my childhood, um, you know, it would be kind of like moments of, of things that happened in my childhood that I think my brain blocked out, um, you know, as I, as I got older and I started being an adult and I'm um, going about my life and trying to find who I am, um, I started realizing the older I got, that a lot of the things were just not normal. They were not okay, and yet they were normalized. Was there was there any kind of, uh, often I see a theme sometimes of some kind of ex external stimuli, like, like something outside of the family, like a friend making an observation or you know maybe just getting away from the family in general. Was there some sort of external influence, you think, that, that helped you to realize over time? Well, yes and no. So I did have some, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I would say a story to somebody or like a coworker or a friend and they would tell me mm, that doesn't sound right. And, you know, I always brushed it off as, you know, oh, you know, just my parents have a personality. Um, and I think as I got older and I started being more vocal about certain things is when I realized that, no, there, there's something wrong. That actually reminds me a little bit of, of, of myself that, that there, were, there were times in my life earlier, uh, I can remember a couple occasions when somebody would point out to me, in both cases it was a girlfriend at the time, would say something to me about, they would see me interacting with my mother and they would say later like, you know, your mother doesn't really love you or your, your mother isn't very nice to you. And at the time, because I was just, you know, eyes deep in the denial... Uh, mm -hmm. I defended my mother. I brushed it off. And I was like, oh, you just don't know her. That's that's how she is. Everything is fine. But then years later, after I'd had a major trauma in my life and I was just you know, broken, a third person made the same observation. You know, I think there's something there with your mother. And this time it stuck. And that for me was my my realization. Yeah, you know, there have been plenty of times where um, I I did, you know, get certain feedback from people where they would be like, um, you know, especially from like close friends, because it's ridiculous to think about it now that my parents would bully kids, you know, like my friends, um, my friends, or if I had a boyfriend, um, you know, they, um, I, I've had several friends and boyfriends who said to me, um, I 
I can't be with you or I can't be around your parents. Wow. And it's sad. Wow. It's sad to think that these grown adult people would bully high school children, middle school children. What would be an example of, of something you would consider bullying that might have might have happened? Can you think of a specific? Yes, yes, I can. Um, so I had this friend um, in high school, and um, we'll call her D for now. Um, so she um, had a disability, a physical disability, um, where her um, she had disfiguration in her hands and in her feet. And me and her, you know, we got along great. She was my best friend, and we talked about everything, hung out. Her parents were just the nicest people. They would always invite me on Fridays to go to IHOP, and, you know, we would order burgers and appetizers, and her family was so welcoming with me. And um, I remember one time where, you know, my mom, um, you know, was like, okay, yeah, you can bring her whatever, you know? And so we went out to eat and my friend ordered a piece of steak and my friend, she couldn't, you know, um, she couldn't cut the steak because of her deformity. So, you know, I just went in and I just, you know, started helping her cut her steak. And I said, Hey, Hey, um, D, here you go. And, um, my mom had a look on her face. And then later on in private, when my friend was gone, she said to me, you know, your friend uses you as a service person for her. You know that, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why would anybody do that? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just, it, it, I just couldn't believe it. Now that as, as an adult, I think about that. I'm just like, why are you so upset that I'm helping a person who has a disability? Um, you should instead feel feel warmth that your child knows how to treat people right 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 my one thing that i've discovered uh, about well i guess narcissists certainly my mother is that they don't feel real emotion they can't really feel real emotion and so mm-hmm. oftentimes for them it's something transactional and they sort of try to yes. equate it through money for example like if ever there was an argument with my mother it'd be oh you know, we spent so much money on you. How can we? How you know? How can you say that I don't love you? I spent so much money on you because then that that that's an equivalent. And so when I hear you saying that your mother, oh, your friend is using you, what I hear mm-hmm. is someone who can't even contemplate that you might be just doing something because you care about this person. That you're not yes. getting a value out of it. You're not being compensated in some way. That it's not transactional. That this is it's pure. Like she's just mm-hmm. using you. Maybe maybe you like. To do it, you know, is that a possibility that maybe you simply enjoy helping your friend? And that just, wow, it says so much. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I, and you're totally right about that because everything that I've, now that, you know, I, I'm, I've grown up, I'm 34 years old, and I think back to a lot of things is, yes, you're completely right about the narcissism, that everything for them is conditional and it's a transaction. It's a business for them, not a business for, for both people, the, both parties. It's, it's a, it's only for them. It's one-sided. So, and you're, you're totally right about that because there is, I've heard my mother say it all my life. Um, when someone is acting funny, quote unquote, because they won't do something for her or they did something to her. Um, so, you know, another example I have is, you know, I'm an immigrant. I came here from El Salvador. I was actually smuggled here by my parents when I was four years old. And um, my um, my mother 
later on, I want to say this was 10 years ago, she paid someone to smuggle my aunt into the country illegally. So when my aunt came to this country, you know, my mom made it as, as you know, she did such a great deed for her. She helped her bring her and her kids here to America so she could have a better life. And as soon as my aunt started trying to, you know, detach herself from my mom and look for a job herself and be independent with her children, my mother shut her out and would call her ungrateful. And at one point, this is how bad it got. At one point, my mother called me and she said, your aunt is doing things she's not supposed to do. I need you to call immigration on her because she's living here illegally. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what my aunt did or didn't do for my mom. That it wasn't a transaction. My mom, it was convenient for my mom. So my mom decided I'm going to ruin my sister's life and call immigration on her. Did she do it? Did she actually do it? No, she she didn't do it, obviously, because my aunt is still here. But I, I remember talking to my aunt and I said, what did you do or didn't do for my mom? And my aunt it, it doesn't matter. It. it doesn't matter. It doesn't honestly. matter. <laughs> but I just wanted to see the silliness right. of my mom's delusion. How, how petty and was it? She, and so my, my aunt said, oh, she was just mad because, you know, like I just I was. And again, my 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 aunt and my mom live in the same city. So my um, in another state. And so um, my aunt just said my husband didn't want to follow the terms of whatever contract they had. My my husband didn't think it was right. Her terms were ridiculous, you know, because I think my mom was helping them with, with something. I don't even know what it was, but my aunt said, we just didn't agree with her. So she got mad at me and my husband and and, and just started threatening us. And then, and I said, okay, well, now that's, I understand the phone call. Yeah, that, that's incredible. And it, uh, it, 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 it's something else that I feel like I often see with a narcissist parent is this idea that like family is like a bond. It's an obligation, you know, yes. like blood, you, you only have one mother, for example. And, and, you know, that, that family, you know, Oh, you can't hold a grudge against family and that you are obligated mm. to always love family, no matter how much they treat you or how well, poorly they treat you. And I feel like that's something they prey upon and, and, and hear yes. this idea that, uh, you know, you owe me so much. And, uh, that's just uh, that's shocking. And, uh, yes. when you mentioned about calling immigration, it just reminded me back to when I was in eighth grade. And I skipped school a few times. So mm -hmm. my mother's perfectly rational response was to call social services and try to have me put in foster care. <laughs> she and you know she what tried to have them take me away. And then when she was unsuccessful, I went to boarding school the next year. Oh, my God. And you know what? I remember hearing that on your podcast about that. And you know what that is called? And, you know, excuse, you know, English is actually my second language. But uh, my therapist said the word because it, it, and I, I now I use it. But like I said, I, I my English sometimes, you know, I can't pronounce certain words. But um, she says my mother catastrophize. Oh, I see. I wow. told you I can't even pronounce the I word. I can't pronounce but, that. <laughs> so she says she, she made everything a catastrophe for me. And it's the same way because, you know, I was a normal teenager behaving normal teenager. I'm curious about boys. I want to be with my friends. I want to do all these things. Right. And my mom would shame me like I robbed a bank. Oh. And that's what that's and that's I explained it to my therapist that way. And she says, that's what that is. And I remember your podcast. You said that your brother had done some some um, uh, vandalization. Right. Right. And your mother just laughed with him. And 
it's it's similar to like, you know, I lived with something similar like that because like my brother was always put on a pedestal. My brother could do no wrong. My brother, you know, did everything right. Well, no, he did not. He's he's still at home with mom. Okay. He's he's almost 30 and he's at home with mom. While I am a homeowner, I am trying to go to nursing school. I am doing all these great things on my own. Go you. I'm, go I'm you. I'm cheering the problem. for you. <laughs> Thank you. Just, just. But that's what that is. It, they they catastrophize. Catastrophizing. I, I don't even, I don't know. I've never heard this word myself either. It sounds, it sounds like a like Worcestershire sauce. Nobody says it right. But I get so, the idea. Yes. Catastrophizing maybe, making, uh, uh, and, and that, yes. that, that's, that's a great idea, that word. And it, it makes me think a little bit about something, something, a self-awareness that came to me after, something I was blind to my whole life until after my awakening was that, uh, uh, a big source of a lot of my problems were that when I I would get more upset about things than I should or I get sadder about things than I should. And I finally saw the pattern that was there my whole life that it was emotional dysregulation, that my emotions were my emotional responses were over the top. And and I feel like that's probably also the case to a certain degree with my mother, because as much as she's the villain, she's also the victim. She was mm-hmm. you know, beaten down mentally by my grandfather, I'm sure. So. But that's how it manifests in me, the emotional dysregulation, the idea of catastrophizing. It feels like another way of sort of saying that, like things that should be yes. a smaller reaction are, you know, o- yes. o- over the top. Um, yes. So so your mother, it sounds like, uh, is is sort of the, the toxic parent. Are, are, are your parents married, divorced, live? What's the situation with the parents? Um, my parents are, yes, they're both still alive as far as I know. Um, they, they are, um, my, I'm 34 years old. So my mother was a teen mom actually. And, um, I unfortunately grew up watching domestic violence. My father was very violent towards my mom, um, violent towards me as well. And he was, he's an alcoholic. He still is an alcoholic. He won't you know, lay off the, the booze. And, um, you know, my, my dad is five years older than my mom. I think my dad's 55. I see and not being around them. I've lost count. So my parents were young parents. How long, let me interrupt. And, how, how long, no contact? Are you no contact with them? How long? Um, yeah, I have five years, um, over five years of no contact now. And, um, I have succeeded. <laughs> I have succeeded more in life without them. Mm-hmm. Great. I feel like they purposely, you know, my, my, my mom definitely would sabotage everything I would do. Um, you know, and it's crazy because, um, uh, I could see, you know, the, the jealousy and how she feels like her daughter is her competition. It's sad. It's sad. Intimidated by you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm so great. I'm intimidated by you. Jeez. You got everything. (laughs) I mean, you're doing everything right. I'm intimidated a little bit over here. Uh, fantastic. Um, so, was there was there sort of a breaking point when you say that it was sort of always bad and then you you've cut off contact for so long now? Was there sort of a straw that broke the camel's back or what was like oh, the last yeah, talk yeah. like? So it's funny that you say that because I, I remember getting into this debate with my husband um, one time because my husband said, you know, you're kind of wrong at the point that, you know, you cut off your mom at this time and it makes it look like you cut her off because she wouldn't babysit. No. So let me tell you how it went real quick. Um, so I was, my son was five months old 
And um, at the time, um, you know, me and my husband were struggling. We were trying to do things, um, you know, get back on our feet. I had just been on maternity leave for so long. And, you know, the finances were kind of hard at the moment. They were a little rocky. So, you know, I remember, you know, telling my mom, um, hey, mom, you said you wanted to spend more time with your grandchild. Hey, and you're not working for another month. Did you want to come down here and take care of my son for about a week while, you know, I pick up a lot of overtime, um, which is available. Um, and she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, t I'll let you know. She's like, I, I don't work till next month. So yeah, I I'm coming down. I'll come down. I'll come down on Wednesday. And I said, okay, cool. So, you know, I'm here trying to figure out and make arrangements so that she could, you know, be comfortable in our home. Um, and she, right. I mean, she can have her time with my, with my son. Um, came Wednesday, actually Tuesday, I texted her and I said, Hey mom, are you coming down tomorrow? And she, I never heard back from her. So I said, Oh, maybe she's sleeping or packing, whatever. Um, Wednesday came around, no word. Um, then she's supposed to be Thursday there Wednesday, right? Was she supposed to yes. be there on Wednesday? Yes. Okay. Let's <laughs> make yes. sure I'm not so, losing track here. Thursday, no word. Friday, no word. I didn't reply to her. I didn't say anything to her. At that point, I was pretty angry because I missed out on a lot of overtime. Um, then Saturday came. And not and even she responding. Not even responding. No. Saturday came and she said, oh, I can't make it out there. Saturday. And I think even though it's not such a big deal, I think to me the big deal was the mind games. The mind games. I think it's a huge deal. I mean, what a great way to say I don't give a hoot about spending any time with my grandchild. I yes means I mean it's not even worth like sending a a, a note to say I'm not going to make it. I mean that's a I, I, that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. But I I think it's it's the fact that you know I if she would have come to me and said hey your dad doesn't want me to go, I would have understood. Or if she said, hey, um, you know, I'm really busy, I can't go. Just but communication. That's very generous of you to say, you know, that, that you know, my father doesn't want you to come see your grandchild. That's okay. That's very generous of you there. <laughs> I, I would have taken that. I, I feel like you're still giving games. a lot of slack, honestly. Yes, I am. Exactly. I think I've been plenty fair. And I would have at least said, okay, fine. You know what? I understand my dad is very needy. I, I get it. But no word, no word. And I think at that point, it was more about her mind games. It was about her. I, I, at that point, as a mother, I think I had already, you know, hit, been at my wits end because, um, you know, she kept shaming me for mother things. So, like, for example, and this is going to be a little explicit, but, um, you know, my son was circumcised when he was a baby. Um, I made that choice to have him circumcised. And in our country, you don't do that. So she shamed me every diaper change. She would shame me for doing that to my son. And, and I'm here telling her about the long term and the, and the medical aspect of it. I am a medical worker. So this is, you know, I'm looking at it as a medical point. She's looking at it as you're a bad mother for doing that to your child. That's uh, that, that, that's too personal a decision. I think for really anyone else to be able to say, something about that yes. uh, to you. That's, yes, I, that's, I completely agree. Let's uh, let's switch gears into the nice stuff. Like, like we were saying, we were playing for the nice stuff. Uh, let, let's talk about, you, you sound great. Uh, you talked about schooling, uh, house, and all that. Uh, what are some positive things? It sounds like since you've, you've, you've made this change in your life, since this, this, 
this terrible incident and everything before that, that, I mean, you're really like blooming into your own. What, what are some positive changes in your life as a result of your recovery from this? Well, I'm going to tell you, it hasn't come easy. Um, it, it hasn't come easy. Um, it's not all peaches and cream. It's not all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows. Um, it, you know, it has been a challenge, um, you know, so it, it hasn't always been great, but long-term and, and it sounds kind of corny, but, um, yes, time does heal. You know, it takes time to heal and get over certain things. And, um, you know, it, it took me a while to realize and, um, settle with the fact that, you know, my parents just had it in for me in, in some weird way, you know? And, um, um, but I, I feel like I've made a lot of progress, um, without them, um, just because I kept getting sabotaged at, at, with everything I wanted to do, um, in life. And so now I feel like the positive is, you know, the fact that I was able to succeed as far as I've gotten with no resources, um, no help. I have no family. Me and my husband are able to do these things like buy a home. We're able to work. We're able to take care of our children. We're able to do a lot of things that we never thought we were capable of. Mind you, my husband has trauma as well. He grew up in, in very, um, very bad environments when he was young. So me and him both take each other's energy. I guess we're just so screwed up. We turned it into a positive, you know, two negatives make a positive. <laughs> would <laughs> um, would so. you say, would you say that your belief in yourself has been it's a factor stronger. in this, is stronger, and has helped you to accomplish more? Yes, yeah. You know, I think for me, it's more of an anger thing. I, I've been so angry um, that I'm turning it into a positive um, instead of sitting and moping. Believe me, there are days where I do sit here and mope. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but most of the time I channel that anger and I feel like I have to prove. And it's not for them. You know, it's for me. I just have to prove that I can do these things. Like I, it's kind of a, like, um, you know, I, I would, I tell my husband one day, I, you know, I, that one day I would, um, if I ever see them, I would like to be like, I did this shit without you. Right. right. I did it without you. What, what did Mo you do to help me succeed? Mother or what did you, you could do? Mo mother's worst nightmare. Me. Mother who's intimidated by you to see you doing just fine without her. Worst nightmare. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and I would love to rub that in her face. Um, but you know, I, and that, that's, that's the petty side of me. Um, but you know, <laughs> I, I think that if she ever shows up on my doorstep, I can cordially tell her, please get off my property and leave it as that. Kim, I sincerely appreciate you coming on the show today. The courage it takes to share your story. Thank you so much for coming by and we'll talk again someday. Absolutely. It was nice being here. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Please share the podcast if you love it so much. Join our Facebook group. I'd love to see you there. And we have the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that. I'll admit, occasionally I do look at my YouTube to see if there's some new subscribers. And there's a new subscriber. I kind of like, yes. Uh, and also, if you'd like to be on the show, please drop us a line at udbpodcastrules at gmail.com. I am the other son. Until next time, let them burn their eyes on you.